Life Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. On today's episode, we have our very special guest, Amy Fabian. Amy currently lives in Nashville and works for Catholic Charities, where she helps place refugees into housing locations. Amy is married to her husband, and they have a dog named Everett and two cats, Gutter. She found him in a gutter. So cute. And Addie. Amy and I both share an insane love for animals, so I had to include that fact about her. I find it very sweet. But anyway, I know Amy from Michigan State, and she is just the kindest soul. She is a musician, and she loves people, and I just know you're going to love hearing from her. We talk a lot in this episode about her journey with mental health, how she identified a challenge she was facing with it, how she actually stepped into a recovery facility to seek help, and she shares where she's at now in her recovery. We also talk about moving from a victim's mentality towards a place of healing with Jesus. And I find this to be super encouraging for anyone who's struggling with um, mental health challenges. I just know you're going to really enjoy this episode. So after a few words from our sponsors, please enjoy hearing from Amy. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Welcome, Amy. We're so excited to have you on Sparkle Speak today. And um, yeah, just thanks for being here. We're so excited to chat. Yeah, thank you. I would love to hear from you, Amy, if you want to share with everybody listening today, just a little bit about like your faith background. So when did you kind of start identifying yourself as a Christian? And what does that mean to you? to be a Christian, I guess. Yeah. Um, also thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I have been, it's really good. Like going through the questions and just like really thinking about, I don't know, my relationship with God and how transformative it has been over the years has been really cool. Um, Mm. but yeah, so basically, um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, but it was one of those things where I feel like a lot of people in Western culture just assume they're Christian at a young age. Um, mainly like my grandma's had a lot of influence on me, but cause they were like diehard Christians. Um, but it is interesting. I like, maybe this is why I'm such a predestination fan, but like, I really like knew God at a young age. Like, I remember my friends making fun of God in, like, kindergarten, and I cried and was like, God, they didn't mean it. (laughs) Um, So, like, I don't know. It was very strange, but, like, I can't really explain it, but I just, like, I knew God. I just didn't really know it was Jesus. 
Um, but like fast forward to the summer after my freshman year of college. Um, and that's kind of where things like really kicked into gear for me. So, um, freshman year, I was involved with real life, a Christian, um, college group on Michigan state's campus. Um, but like, I wasn't super involved. Like I went to like the fun things, like the root beer kegger and like all that stuff, but I wasn't like real. Yeah. You know, classic. I wasn't like (laughs) super, super, um, involved because really I wasn't, I wasn't really following God at all. Um, but the summer after my freshman year, my family and I were evicted from our apartment. Um, and I was like partially living at my boyfriend's house at the time. Um, just like a really dark place in my life, like truly not walking with God at all. Um, no community, no nothing. And there was this church called Metro City Church in my hometown that I checked out a few times. Um, and the worship pastor called me and was like, hey, um, I got word from a few people you were in town and you play piano and you've been checking us out. Like we really need a keyboardist. And would you like to like audition? And I was like, absolutely. I'm totally a Christian. I would love to do this, which was like, not true. I definitely lied to like, be able just to like jam and have something to do during the summer. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I was like so depressed that like the idea of just like doing anything else other than like hanging out at my boyfriend's house all day sounded awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And feel free to stop me if I'm like going too fast or you have any questions. Yeah, this is great. Keep going. Okay. Um, So I like really truly should not have been picked for this audition but for some reason they did and it was like for Sunday nights like the youth they had like a huge youth program and I loved it um but then they caught on that I was like not going to church on Sunday mornings and they were like hey part of like a requirement of being on the worship team is that like you need to go to service Mm -hmm. and I was like pretty defensive I was like why do I need to do that but okay whatever I'll do it so uh, I started going by myself on Sunday mornings and it was so boring I was like gosh this is the worst (laughs) like I'm not it's so early and like I have no one to sit with and it's just awkward like I'm only here to play music but then they made an announcement at church that they needed help with um like the baby ministry was called children's ministry they Mm -hmm. needed help in one of the classrooms and that's kind of like where everything changed for me I remember one Sunday helping out and it was like I don't know one year and under classroom and this baby did something so funny it was like laughing in itself and I was just like this thing is so precious and funny and like if God is real like he had to have created humor because like how else would it exist yeah and yeah so from there like I feel like my world was like kind of black and white and it just started to like come to life Mm. I was like God could have created the world in black and white but like thought of color and like we can't even think of a new color if we wanted but God thought of like every color on the spectrum Mm. and 
God became like fun to me and interesting and not just like this boring, like book. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yes, that was kind of like what the catalyst for everything. Um, I started to have like conversations with God in a different way and like grow close to Jesus. And one day I remember waking up and I was just like, I think I'm a Christian. I like didn't say a prayer or anything, but I was just like, I like love God. I like, I don't know, just like, I want the things that God wants. And I I care about the things of God in a way that I hadn't before. Hmm. And I was like, I don't want to live at my boyfriend's and I don't want to be like partying throughout the week. And like, I, I want to like change my life. Um, so yeah, essentially that was like the summer after my freshman year of college. And ever since then I've been walking with God. That is so sweet. I love that God used a baby to like reveal right? his character. That's so cute. And I wonder what that baby's doing today and like how old they are. I know. <laughs> Like, little do they know, they, like, changed my life. (laughs) Yeah, that's seriously so cute. That brought tears to my eyes because it's, it it really is just so, like, sweet of God to, I mean, he could, he reveals himself so differently to each person, but it's all his creation. And I love that. Like, everything's a reflection of him, but certain things stick out to certain people. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. Like some people like are close with God through nature. Some mm-hmm. people are like art or whatever, but like it was a baby for me that did it. Like, yeah, yeah I was just like, this thing is so cute. Yeah. And God like created it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, God could have been boring and like skipped to adulthood or something when he made all of us. I don't know. But like chose to, I don't know, like grow us in our mother's womb and then give us all of this personality and I don't know it's just like spectacular yeah when you really when you really start breaking down all the things that God has done intentionally it really does blow your mind every time oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah because like you said before like he could think up all the colors we could never create one like no they've already been created by him so yeah yeah, he is the ultimate creator. Um, yeah, I love that. And I would love to hear even more from you too. Like, has there been any specific experience or maybe a season of life or event that really started shaping your view of God or has shaped it to what it is today? Yes. Um, kind of like two things. Um, like ever since I was walking with God, I felt like I was like, kind of like the honeymoon phase when you first become a Christian. I was just like, I don't know, like so on fire for God in the Bible. And like, I felt like I was just in this like little bubble of like joy and bliss and like protection from like how hard things were to come. But um, I guess in 2018, so like three years after college, um it was just a really really hard year um I had a lot of like family losses um in my life and the most significant one was my dog um Lloyd um I remember Lloyd oh he was so sweet he was a beagle um he was 15 so he was an old man um 
but really he was like the only consistent thing I had like ever had in my life for mm. 15 years um like mom left dad left brothers left but like I always had Lloyd like he came with me to college and moved to Chicago and he was just like always there um but like losing him it wasn't like losing him that shook my faith but it was the loneliness of grief after that like made me spiral Mm -hmm. um I just I remember like praying to God for him to like show me he was near to me and I felt like absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. um I like started struggling to believe that God even like cared about me or wanted to be near to me it was just like a really dark dark time of my life Mm -hmm. um my roommate moved out of our um apartment and I was just alone and just like literally like sulking in grief um but then slowly but surely um I started being like all right God like I don't know I heard that Mother Teresa one time like went through this like I don't know really long period of time of like not hearing from God it was like still faithful to him and that like really stuck out to me so I was like okay God like I kind of feel like I think it was Peter who was like Jesus asked him, like, what about you? Are you going to leave me too? And Peter was like, where else are we going to go? Like, Mm. to whom are we going to go? That's kind of, like, what I felt like. I was like, all right, God, like, even if I want to, like, be so mad at you, like, that's fine. But, like, I can't deny that you are who you say you are. So I'm just going to, like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to learn to, like, commiserate with God and his suffering. And that is kind of, like, was the light bulb moment of, like, okay, when did Jesus feel lonely? When did Jesus feel abandoned? When did Jesus have like intense anxiety and grief? And that helped me like draw near to him. And so it was like a really devastating season of my life, but it shaped my faith a whole lot. Um, So yeah, and it helped me be transparent with others about like what I was going through and my mental health. So I would say that was like the first thing that really like shook my faith. Mm-hmm. was well it was a lot of things but not shook but like I don't know like was transformative again yeah like help shaped it make it stronger in a way yeah 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 and yep. I, I love that scripture you just pointed out for that season of like where else are you gonna go like yeah why not just stick it out with God and see what he does because I think it's so true like I don't know I can relate to you and you know having experienced certain seasons of intense loneliness or grief or whatever and you do you kind of start to wonder you know like maybe God isn't there or maybe there's somewhere else I should be looking for satisfaction or for fulfillment but it's like where are you gonna go though like are you gonna go to an earthly relationship or totally you know drinking or some other form of fulfillment but then it's like is that really gonna satisfy like if you've done it you know it's not (laughs) I went to the bar after Lloyd died because I was like I just don't want to go home and sit by myself Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to the bar and just like drink my sorrows which I don't drink I'm like such a baby with alcohol I like I just don't like it and I would go and I was like these people are making me more depressed (laughs) like people at the bar that were like truly I would like sit down and they would start telling me what they were going through and I was like oh my gosh like 
Mm-hmm. This is so sad. This is not it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or it might give you temporary yeah. relief. Like you might have a fun night and forget about your issues and like feel confident or whatever it is. But then the next morning you're just going to wake up and all your issues are still there. You know, it's just yeah. it's not real relief from what you're feeling. Oh so. no. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was just, it made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. So how did God like, uh, like, was there a, a moment or a season where he, the sun kind of started shining again with your faith? Like, did he see more real or like more close to you yeah. at a certain point? Um, yeah, it wasn't like a big, like aha moment, but I think like over time, like 2019, the next year, it was just like drastically different. I met my husband. I moved in with my cousin and her kids and that was just like so life-giving to be around them um and I felt like I could look back and see vividly how God was like near to me even though I couldn't like audibly hear him or anything and so yeah I felt like it also allowed me to be like straightforward with people about what I was going through and like allowed like extra compassion for people like I felt like my heart just like was filled with empathy because it's like you just have no idea what people are going through and I know people say that all the time but like truly we have no idea and I was like a high functioning grieving person so like I was still going to work and stuff but like inside I was like in turmoil and I don't know just like the few times that people had like grace for me or like oh another aha thing was I was like I need to get back into like I really love dogs and I really want a dog sit um so I joined Rover it's like a dog sitting app and my first gig I didn't want to be alone on Christmas um because my I always spent Christmas with Floyd and my family stopped doing stuff and I just had like nowhere really to like go. And so I was like, well, just like a lot of people need dog sitting services. So I'll do it. And the first one I had was like Christmas Eve and it was two beagles. And I was like, ah, this is like actually so sweet that this is like the first gig I have. And it's like, I felt like, I don't know. It was just like very sweet. It could have been any breed of dog, but it was like mid times two and they were puppies and it just like filled me with joy. Um, So little things along the way where I could see God all along. Um, But my brain was so clouded with grief that like, I just was not seeing straight. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think that was the first thing. And then actually, I don't know how much time we have. I want to be careful. Oh, we're Um, good. Yeah. Talk is long. I can cut things out too, or shave it, shave it down. (laughs) Sweet. Okay, cool. Um, But Basically, so that was 2018, and during that time, I kind of, like, stopped taking care of my mental health, Um, but, like, that was, it was always something I've struggled with, but it got, like, significantly worse the last few years since Lloyd died, and this was, like, actually kind of recent, so, like, last year, um, it kind of got like out of control. So I sh- I've struggled with like anxiety and like OCD. Um, and I feel like I always had something to occupy my mind. But then 
when I moved to Tennessee, I just like really like all of the change. And then also my mom moved in with us. Um, and she unfortunately is like a pretty big trigger for me. Um, and I started having really bad, um, like it's not, um, when people think of OCD, a lot of times they think of like cleaning or like organizing things, but it can be any, anything that you like obsess over, um, and have compulsions with. So for me, it was like health related anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, and thinking I was sick or having a heart attack. Um, and it got like, basically like unbearable. Like I stopped going to work. I was like afraid of having a heart attack. I was always going to the ER. I was calling 911. And there's not a lot of resources from my experience for people that struggle with health anxiety. And so I kind of like kept it to myself, but it doesn't just go away. It gets worse over time if you don't like get help for it. And so last year I like got treatment for it. Um, there's an organization called Rogers Behavioral Health. And for six weeks, I was a part of their partial hospitalization program, which is like six hours a day. And it's like intensive therapy for like six hours. Yeah. Um, and I was like embarrassed. I like didn't want to really tell anyone. But then when I started opening up, um, I realized how many people were struggling with this. Yeah. Um, and specifically intrusive thoughts. Um, like a lot of moms actually in postpartum struggle with like mm-hmm. really bad, bad intrusive thoughts or harm. Like what if I harm my baby? What if I drop them? What if something happens to them? Um, what if I intentionally harm them? And mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people can um, like go, oh, like that was a weird thought. I'm going to move on. But people with like anxiety or OCD say like, why would I ever think that? Oh my God, what's wrong with me? And so mm-hmm. through this process of OCD, I've actually been able to help like a lot of people feel like just not alone with these thoughts and just let them know like there's help out there and you're not alone. It doesn't mean you're crazy or anything. And like everyone has intrusive thoughts. We just like don't really talk about them. And so um I ended up going to Wisconsin for two months for like a more intensive treatment program because I was like petrified of like I didn't want to take any medication. I didn't want like I didn't I was afraid of getting help basically. Um, but I like wasn't living my a life worth living. Like it was like mm-hmm. I was becoming just like clammed up in my room every day because I was like so afraid of like having a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. And so this program honestly like saved my life and they had like a spiritual um, hour to go to. It was like led by this church. And um, I got to go every Sunday. I drove there. So I had my car. So I was able to leave campus and like go to a church. Um, And I just chose a random church. I chose um, a Presbyterian church because it was close to a coffee shop. And I was like, I can go get coffee after and they'll never know. Um, But the church actually became like, I don't know. It was just like really, really, they were so supportive and they had no idea who I was, but they were just so welcoming. And like, um, I don't know. It was, that's why I wanted to go to a Presbyterian church out here after because mm-hmm. of my experience was so good 
but that was pretty hard. It, it took up like six months of my life getting help for that. And like, it completely changed my life. Um, and it wasn't, it didn't really change my view of God or anything, but I think it, it provided me, I don't know. Um, like I didn't believe I would ever get healing. I like stopped mm. believing that God would heal me of my mental health. Um, and it, it like really was damaging my view of God. Like I was like, how evil mm-hmm. that you would just have me suffer my whole life. Like 30 years is a long time to mm-hmm. suffer from mental health. Um, I feel like God gave me Rogers to like, I don't know. I'm just, honestly, I, I'm truly so grateful that I had to go through what I went through. I wouldn't do it again, but I'm grateful that I went through it so that I can help people and help them not feel alone with mental health. Cause I feel like in the Christian world, sometimes there's a lot of stigma on mental health. Um, it's like, you're not praying enough or you need to be in community or you need to like, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of feedback from different people like, Oh, stop drinking coffee. Like don't do this and it'll get better. But like, truly it's like a chemistry thing in your brain. And like mm-hmm. those things aren't enough sometimes like you need, help with the therapist and so yeah I'm just that was a lot for me last year it was like six months of my life and I feel like I have my life back in a lot of ways and yeah I'm just really grateful that God allowed me to find that program so those are probably the two things that were the most transformative for me in my view of God yeah thank you so much for sharing about that I mean I think that's really helpful for anybody who yeah is struggling with that and maybe too afraid to share it because it it's not shameful, but for some reason, it though, like you said, those just aren't things that people just go around sharing with each other, you know? And Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But so many people totally. struggle with, you know, the intrusive thoughts, like you said, and then the anxiety that comes from it. Like, you know, am I going to act on this? What is going on? What, why am I like this? Totally. And, yeah, and I even think I've been thinking a lot about this too. Um, you know, you had mentioned something about like suffering and feeling like, you know, you wanted to find healing. And I've been doing a lot of personal research on this too. Like, um, when we're broken, when we need healing, sometimes we can get caught in the victim mentality of like, I'm oh, just yeah. a victim to this. But it seems like you have really shown, and I've seen this in multiple things you just shared. Um, like you have said, I don't want to be a victim to this. Like I want to find victory. And you did that by going to this program and like, it wasn't easy. I'm sure you had to make a lot of sacrifices to do that. Um, but yeah. you're like, I want to see victory from this and you have, and that's so, I think encouraging for people to hear that we don't have to be a victim our whole life to the things that plague us, but we can actually take action. And I really like too, how you're saying when you, um, we're grieving Lloyd, like it maybe took you some time to lament and just sit in your sadness with God, which is totally also biblical. Like we are yeah. supposed to sit in our sadness and feel it. We are not supposed to shove it away. But then you said, okay, I want to like dog sit and see if maybe that can start bringing some joy back into my life. And then God gave you that gift of the two beagles. So I think yeah, you've yeah. shown that like you or someone who wants to take the steps from being a victim to being victorious over your struggles. And I think that's so encouraging and something that like, not everybody can say is true, but you're like, 
I think giving people a lot of hope that you can find victory from your struggles. Oh my gosh. You make me tear up. Thank you so much. You are so sweet. And it's true. It's like, and honestly, like I did fall into the victim mentality and I wish so bad there was more on like, I don't know. I listened to more on, like you said, like turning it from being a victim to like being victorious because it's so much more powerful and like life-giving to feel like you have some like power and control over these hard things that we go through rather than just like sitting in it mm-hmm. like I don't know if you've ever heard of like the Enneagram yes I have. Like a, oh my gosh so I have a lot of thoughts about the Enneagram but basically I feel like a lot of people unfortunately and I did this too um lean in not the strengths but like oh like what I struggle with is a six or a seven Mm, mm -hmm. like oh I'm just such a two I'm just I'm always trying to help and I overwork myself and blah 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 and it's like that is not who we are like we we have power as Christians and we have power over these things that we go through Mm -hmm. and it is so much better to be on the other side of things than sulking in like I don't know like even for me like sulking in my mental health like it it was like almost like not an excuse but kind of to like I don't know not go into work or not go hang out with people because I just have social anxiety or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like now I look at my life and snapshots of me having like great days at work and like going to get togethers with friends and having like a great board game night And it's like, that is so much better than like sitting home alone in my room because I have anxiety and Mm -hmm. it's hard work. Like it's, it was really painful for me to get help and treatment and coming to terms with like the things that I needed to change. Um, And exposure therapy specifically is like, um, like basically doing everything that you're afraid of and like stop doing the things that make you feel comfortable so like let's say you have social anxiety and you're like oh I need a beer when I go out well instead of grabbing the beer like this program would be like you're gonna go to this get together and you're just gonna like sit there and you're not gonna have a drink Mm -hmm. so instead of like doing the things that relieve the anxiety temporarily but like you mentioned like it doesn't really it's like a quick fix and then you realize like oh like even if the worst thing I'm imagining does come true like I'm gonna keep living my life until maybe it does happen maybe it won't but I'm gonna keep like living my life to the fullest um and it's it's really hard work and it was really scary um and I'm still in like bi-weekly therapy um but yeah it was just really transformative and since going through what I went through it was such a gift to talk to a lot of people because I did struggle with some intrusive thoughts like um it got really bad like I was like what if I am like it wasn't just health related it was a lot of intrusive thoughts around like harm like what if I accidentally hit this person driving oh my god Mm -hmm. why would I think that Mm -hmm. it's a crazy thought or like what if I hurt someone I love and then I would think like oh my gosh like these are crazy thoughts, but then I Google it and it's like 99% of the population has these thoughts, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk about it. Um, And they're typically, they go against like your character or things that you believe in strongly. And 
I was like, oh, so when I talked to my therapist about it, it just like, I don't know, when you bring darkness to light, a lot of times it loses its power. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how many people are struggling with this, but they're too embarrassed to talk about it. So I'm just going to talk openly about these things and hope that I can bring relief and help people not to feel so alone and know that there's hope. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, God can bring healing. So yeah, yeah, thank you so much. I think this is such a gift to people that you're just willing to like put this out there because not feeling alone is so huge in our recovery and healing. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah. I love what you said too about like, it feels so good sometimes to know that we do have power and control over our situations as Christians. And it's not our own doing though. Like, it's not like we pick up our own bootstraps and make it happen. It's that we pick up our bootstraps and have faith in Jesus that he will make it happen. Like we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. So like, yeah, we are helpless in our sadness and in our our brain chemistry sometimes and our mental health issues and stuff. And yeah, we are helpless, but we are not helpless in being able to turn to Jesus and let him change it for us. And so I think it's so cool. Like that's where our power lies and that's where we do have personal responsibility. And like, are we going to choose to heal and like choose to let him heal us? Or are we going to choose to wallow and just be a victim to it our whole life? Yep. I agree with you. Yeah, that's so encouraging. Thank you for sharing your story with it. And I know I'm walking through some things, you know, some healing things. I think, you know, most of us are, let's be honest. And so this really blesses me to just, you know, it gives me a little pep in my stuff to be like, yeah, like you can do this, Catherine. Amy's doing it. You're doing it. We're doing it. Heck yeah, friend. Oh my gosh. Proud of you. Yeah, proud of you. Thanks. Um, Yeah. So I guess just as we're wrapping up, do you have like, a favorite verse or scripture that God's put on your heart lately that you've been learning about that you can share with us? Yes. Um, I have been so encouraged by like all of Psalm 139. Um, but I will read like the first six verses. Um, so it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me, you know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty to attain. Um, I love that so much because I feel like in the rest, I encourage everyone listening, like go read the rest of Psalm 139 because it's amazing. Um, But just the fact that God knows all of us, um, he knows when I sit down at work and when I get up to walk and before I even go to pray, he knows like what's on my heart. And if I can't find the words, like the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and helps us. And I feel like, I don't know, it's just pretty cool to think that through all of the things I've been through and all of the doubt I had, God still like chose us and loves us and he knows everything about us. Like all of the things that we're embarrassed to like tell people or our struggles, Mm -hmm. God sees it and like still wants to know us and call us his. So I just think it's really powerful. Mm. And isn't that like the ultimate form of love when you know somebody fully in all their 
darkness, broken pieces, good pieces, all of it, and you still love and choose them. Like that's love. And you can't True get it love. any deeper than God because to your point, he knows us better than anybody else and still chooses us. So yeah. that's beautiful. Pretty great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate just everything you shared today. And I think it's going to make a fabulous episode and something that people can just be encouraged by. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me and letting me be open about just like everything. And I walk with God and yeah, you've just been such a huge light in my life like you said from afar keeping up even on social media but even when we were in like the same action group um and you were leading just like your bright light and like I don't know positive influence on my life is still encouraging me even all the way in Nashville so I'm just so grateful for you Catherine I'm grateful for you too oh that's so sweet thanks Alright everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. As always, you can find us at sparklefaith.com or head over to our partners at lifeaudio.com where you can hear more podcasts just like this one. Don't forget to check out our show notes to find all of our social media. And as always, don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, share this with people that you think would enjoy hearing. It really helps us more than you realize and allows us to keep doing what we love to do, spreading the hope and love of Christ with others. So thank you so much for being here and we will see you next episode. Bye. Two weeks old in an iron lung, which is, you know, like a sealed oxygen unit um, fighting for my life. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe properly. And apparently I didn't make a sound. Um, from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up. That's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.